0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1. The Bible says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have got him a man from the Lord. Cain was a man from the Lord, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. I want you to underline that. A man from the Lord was a tiller from the ground, and uh, Abel was a keeper of sheep. And in the process, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also, brought of the fastlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering, he had no respect. And the Bible says, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt not be accepted. He's asking him, Why are you annoyed? And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is the countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, he said, Sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Praise God. In other words, if you knew what to do, you would have won this. I would have accepted you as an elder son because you have some special with me, says God to Cain. And the Bible says, and verse 8 says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When, listen, when, listen, when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond thou shall be on the earth. Are you following that? Now, this is a very interesting story. This was the first murder in scripture. Huh? I want you to note this. That this was the first murder in scripture. This was the first part in scripture where we see a man kill another man. It's the first murder recorded in scripture. It was a brother murdering his own brother. Are you following me? He was a man from the Lord, the Bible says, Cain. Abel too was a child of God. Cain was, the Bible says, he was a tiller of the ground. And Abel, the Bible says, was a keeper of sheep. Are you following me? And they want to worship God. And in the process of wanting to worship God, you've heard the story. They all take sacrifices unto God. And the Bible says, and God had respect unto Abel's sacrifice. But he did not have respect unto Cain's sacrifice. And Cain becomes angry. Why hasn't the Lord accepted my sacrifice? And the Lord comes to Cain and asks him, why are you annoyed? This was before he even killed his brother. That means that Cain had an opportunity to go and make right and still come back in the presence of God and be accepted. God had given him an opportunity to make right. God asks him, probably give me the message of that. Why are you annoyed? Okay? Why is this tantrum? Why the sulking? And the next verse says, For if you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying on on the dot, wait for you, ready to pounce. It is out to get you. You've got to master it. This was before Cain killed. Are you hearing me? This was before Cain what? Killed his own brother. God told him, You know why I've accepted. You even know the reason why I've accepted Abel's sacrifice. He has done some things a certain way and i want you to do things a certain way so are you following what i'm saying so cain kills abel and god has told cain there was a way you could have fixed this as a man of god but you failed to fix it You're right and then after he kills his brother he didn't kill him and then god tells him ah you should have done this no 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 god told him way before he killed his brother are you are you following what i'm saying so that means there was a place of deliverance for Cain even before he killed his brother. There was an answer for him even before he murdered his brother. Somebody shout hallelujah. But then this constitutes the first record of death in scripture. Cain killing Abel. Now I want to interest you into something. When John saw the death of Abel under the hand of Cain, in the revelation of this, in 1 John chapter 3, verses 12, John gave it a name probably begin from verses 11, the Bible says, for this is the message that you had from the beginning, that we should love one another. Are you hearing me? Now John is seeing in the spirit of the New Testament present truth, in light with what Abel and Cain had done to his brother Abel, and he says, for this is the message that you had heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, and the next verse says, not as Cain, listen, who was of that wicked one? And slew his brother And wherefore slew he him And wherefore slew he him Why did he kill him? Because his own works was evil And his brothers were righteous The only reason why Cain killed his brother Is because he tried to do some And then failed to get through with God And then his brother got through with God And John gave it a name He said the wicked one had consumed him And God is trying to introduce us To something interesting Called the spirit of wickedness Ladies and gentlemen, wickedness is a spirit. Wickedness is a spirit. That means that the spirit of wickedness came and settled on Cain. When he saw his brother Abel do better than he did. And then he killed him. John calls it the wicked one. He was of the wicked one. That means that the spirit of wickedness consumed Cain. That is what they call wicked. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 6, you all read and I've read, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is the true battle of a Christian faith. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but he says, but against one, principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are the four. When many people are praying and speaking, they're usually addressing, oh, we rebuke the spirit, that principality, we break down the rulers, we break down the powers of that (laughs) A.J.'s, they're addressing powers, they're addressing rulers, they're addressing principalities, but many people do not address wickedness. People don't know that wickedness is part of those fourfold things that we wrestle against. If you're not fighting a principality, you're fighting a power. If you're not fighting a power, you're fighting a ruler. If you're not fighting a ruler, you're fighting a wickedness, a spirit of wickedness. This is the thing that Satan came to kill his own brother. He killed his brother. He killed his brother. But this is your brother. He's the only one you have. He was his own company, an only company besides the two parents. He didn't have conversations, I believe, with Adam and Eve. But he had conversations with his brother. This was his blood brother. And he kills him. He kills this man at the altar of sacrifice. He does not kill him because he wronged him. Uh -uh. He killed him because he gave a bigger sacrifice than he did. Wickedness does not come on a man to attack somebody or to harm you because you've done right or wrong. It's not about right or wrong. It's the spirit. Praise God. Now I'm going to explain that a bit. When I talk of the four, the principalities and powers and dominions and rulers, they exist. What are principalities? The Greek word there for principality is arch, high, arch, archbishop. The highest level, the highest place is called arch. You know, he's the arch rival. That is is the highest enemy of this guy. Arch means highest ranking. So principalities are the highest ranking evil spirits in the satanic world. They control everything. They're in charge of everything. And their simple designation are territories. Principalities are aligned to territories. Are you following me? They're territorial spirits. They are designed to work under a given definitive territory. They don't function outside a certain territory. Are you following me? This is what principalities are. If you remember Daniel, when we're talking about the prince of Persia, the angel comes to him. Daniel prays for 21 days and the answer is not there. And, and an angel, Gabriel, comes to him and then tells him, Oh, Daniel, from the time you started to pray, the Lord had your prayer. But the prince of Persia withheld me that I could not get to you. Why did he call him the prince of Persia? Why does the Bible call Beelzebub the prince of demons? Because those are principalities. Principalities. You following? Because the world is factioned spiritually. The devil has factioned the world in kingdoms. And these kingdoms are ruled by different principalities. Those are the spiritual territories of these master spirits that rule wherever they are. These mundane, ugly things. You're following me? So that is what principalities are. They rule particular places. They rule particular territories. They rule particular designated kingdoms like the devil has designated them. You remember he told Jesus at the mountain? He told them, bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Because the devil saw them as kingdoms. That does not necessarily mean that the whole world then had kings. No, the whole world then did not have kings. But because the whole world did not have kings, does not mean that spiritually the devil had not appointed kingdoms. Are you following me? And then it comes to powers. Powers exosia. These are spirits that obey the instruction to bring common disastrous phenomena in the appointed territories. For example, terrorism. Terrorism is a power. Drug cartels, like in Mexico. And when you talk of Mexico, the first thing that comes to your head is what? Drugs. You understand what I'm saying? When you talk of uh, America, the first thing that comes to your head is what? Gun violence. Thank you. When you talk of Uganda, what's the first thing that comes to your head? (laughs) I love the way you think. Praise God. But but are you following? Uh, Things like... uh, uh, poverty. Poverty is a power. Some people are under the powers of poverty. They are poor. You know, plagues, certain diseases. But you've not had, oh, and then the whole of Minnesota was hit with cholera. You don't hear Minnesota having cholera, but you hear cholera in certain places. And then we go to rulers. Those are the little small gods you have Artemis, eh? Rubale, eh? Namuzinda, Mukasa, Dungu. Eh? Uh, those little small things of the Indians, they call the Shivas and, the, and, and, and all of those things. Those, those are little small gods. Those are the rulers of the, of the ages. You understand? And then we have what they call wicked spirits. What is wickedness? Wickedness is a spirit that seeks to deprave, destroy, harm in any way an individual. There are people who just are wicked. They don't know how not to harm people. They don't know how not to hurt others. They do not know how not to do things to people. There are people who are wicked. Some of you have met some, are not you? Yes, you have met wicked people. That spirit that seeks to deprave one in two Into a certain point of bondage to harm them, to destroy them, to hurt them, to bring harm to them, to bring affliction to them. You understand what I'm saying? Now this is something that the church ignores because they know principalities, they can rebuke powers, they can rebuke rulers, but when it comes to spirits of wickedness, the church does not know how to identify spirits of wickedness. And people are wicked without even knowing that they are wicked. Or some have yielded to spirits of wickedness without even knowing that they are wicked. Cain, when he had first killed Abel, he did not know that he had killed Abel. He didn't even know that he was wrong at that particular point. I don't think he did. Otherwise, God would not ask him, where is your brother? And the first excuse he says is, am I my brother's keeper? And and he's proud. He has killed a man, but he is proud. He's pompous. He's arrogant. He's speaking rudely to God. Even after killing his own brother, he's vindicating and validating himself. Wickedness never knows that it's wrong. It will never know that it's wrong. Wicked people do not know. Even if you check it inside them, they do not know that they're wicked. They can even prove their points and argue their own arguments too and say, I didn't do this, I can't do this, how can I do this, I'm not the one, they're lying. Because wickedness does not know when it's wicked. Why? Because it's a spirit sitting on a person. They're not themselves. Are you following me? You cannot tell a wicked man that you're wicked. He will ask you, how am I wicked? You'll even tell him you killed your brother. And he'll say, I did not kill my brother. They're lying. Look at Cain asking Jehovah God, am I my brother's keeper? And he says, I know not. I don't know where my brother is. You killed him and you don't know where he is? Are you seeing what I'm saying? You kill a man and you do not know where he is. God asks you where is that man and you do not know where he is. Yet you kill him. That means wickedness does not design that it's wrong. It cannot feel that it's wrong. It cannot understand that it is wrong. It never knows that it is wrong. It will never admit that it is wrong. It will never interpret that it is wrong. It will never think that it is wrong. It will never own up that it is wrong because it's wickedness. And we are fighting with these things every day. Are you following me? But many people do not know that they are fighting this. they think they're fighting something else. No, 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 no. Some of you must know that we are fighting wickedness. Second Peter chapter three, verses 17. He says, "Ye, therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, He says, "Beware, lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked." The error of the wicked fall from your steadfastness. Peter is warning the church and is telling you, be very careful because if you meet a wicked man, you will be led away from your steadfastness. Some of you are standing because you have not encountered wickedness. You will encounter a wicked man or a woman and they will lead you away from your steadfastness. They will lead you away from your course. How many of you know that wickedness is a seducing spirit? Proverbs, chapter 12, verses 26. The Bible says, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them. The way of the wicked seduceth them. Wickedness works under the spirit of seduction. The spirit of seduction comes under false convincing. That means when a man has a spirit of wickedness, whatever he tells you, you can easily believe. Because it's a seductive spirit. It seduces. "He, eh, but I'm a new creature, I can't be seduced. Like me, ha, me, me, I know, I hear God, and I'm going to come to that. Seduction is a very powerful thing, because it works under the spirit of deception. Deception and seduction, assistant and brother, glove and hand, student and book. they don't go differently. It's a seducing spirit. In it can falsely convince a man until a man is convinced of something that is not even true. Not everything you see and hear is true. You know, some of you, you are so carnal, and I'm going to come to that a bit, I'm going to to show you scripture, that everything you hear is true. Everything you hear is true. As long as you can have carnal proof, eh? for you, everything you hear must be true. And the Bible says he deceiveth the simple. He's talking of wickedness as a seduction spirit. The Lord was speaking to me a couple of days ago about Satan, for example. And he told me something that interests me. This is something I've been reading scripture for many years, but it is something that i would never seen in the light of the day, the way the Lord showed it to me. Listen, the Bible says Satan deceived a third of the angels. He didn't deceive five guys like they show. You know, when we were growing up, there were those books we used to see when Satan was falling. And then they show like eight fallen angels falling with him. And then he says, oh, they they fell with him. There are those little small books. And I thank God for those books. I pray they come back for our children. Because when you are reading stories, Bible stories with pictures, there's a way they sink. I remember Moses separating the sea with a big beard. You know, that was very interesting story. Samson holding a lion. I remember the Samson story of the book I read when I was little. Because some of those books we used to read back in those days, the Bible stories, they had pictures. And when you see these pictures, amazingly, even up to now, I still remember the picture I saw in that small little Bible book when Cain had slain Abel and Abel was down and there was a small, small stick and then blood on Abel's head. You still remember those things? How many of you read those things? But are you following me? Are you, are you following me? Satan deceived a third of the angelics. A third. These are the angels who are with God. These angels served God. They worshipped God. They saw glory. They experienced the anointing. They experienced the working of God. They were worshipping him day and night. They saw the Lord like he was. They tasted of heavenly bliss. They saw the powers to come. They saw the mind of God. They were with God. They were dwelling in heaven for crying out loud. If there are 10,000 angels, now I want to show you what a third is. When Jesus was attacked once, he told them, no, you know that I can tell my father and he can send forth 12 legions of angels. Do you know what legion? how much does a legion constitute? 6,000. Now he said, if you frustrate me, do you know I can bring 6,000 times 12 angels right now for my charge? I can tell God right now to send 6,000 times 12 angels right now to come for my rescue. And those are just the ones that are summoned. That doesn't depopulate heaven. There's still more angels in heaven. Well, perhaps let's just say there are a million angels and Satan deceived the third. That is how many? 300,000 angels. 335 of the 1 million angels, Satan took 333. Are you following me? Brethren, that's a whole lot. That is a whole lot. That is a whole lot for Satan to deceive. That means they were seated there serving God, worshipping but there was something that could fall on them and tomorrow they fall from their estate. They were led away by the error of the wicked one. Satan deceived them and they fell from their estate. And now they're in hell and they're looking at him and they're like, man, directly translating, you landed us in trouble. That is so huge. If the Lord opens your eyes to see what a third is, I thought he had deceived maybe 0.001. That means this wickedness can seduce people that you least expect to be seduced. It can deceive men that you least expect to be deceived. And it can lead men into error. And they fall from their own steadfastness. You understand what I'm saying? Wickedness is leading men off in the body of Christ than anything I have known because it's the most silent thing. That is so hard to identify. People can identify a principality. Even when you're praying, many of you break. We pull down every principality, every rule and every power. How many times have you addressed wickedness? When you're praying, how many times have you addressed wickedness? Many of you don't address wickedness because you don't even know that it exists or you don't even know to which extent. It's the reason why churches are split. It's the spirit of wickedness. It's the reason why men of God no longer talk to each other. It's the spirit of wickedness. It's the reason why brethren right now are sitting in the same church, but they cannot even shake each other's hands. It's the spirit of wickedness. It's the spirit of wickedness. That's why he says, let us love one another and not be like Cain, who was taken away by the wicked. Because wickedness does not deal with the spirit of love. The revelation of love is not in the spirit of wickedness. They do not know how to love. And God is love. Do you know there are people in this church who don't talk to each other? They don't even shake each other's hand. And you're all raising your hands like... But but you don't even talk to your own brother, your own neighbor. You you can't even talk to your dear sister. And, And that thing in men, it's kawaii. You know, men can punch each other and bleed out. And then the guy even takes his brother to the hospital. And the two of them come back and then take coffee. But girls, women... Women what is wrong with you you're talking about each other you're talking against each other you're talking on top of each other you're talking behind each other you're talking under each other you're talking beside each other you're, you're there are people right now if i call them and i tell them to shake each other's hands they would do it like <laughs> either one was wicked to the other one of them was wicked to the other. Both of them are not wrong, perhaps. Sometimes it's just this one being funny to the other, and then the other one also being funny to the other. No, 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 no. Even with men, it exists. I don't want to lie to you. But it is worse in this female species. A woman can walk in smart, and another woman looks at her and is like, wickedness. <laughs> Next thing you know, she sees a WhatsApp message. She thinks she's smart. <laughs> hmm. With that, hmm. Like those aunties who don't want their, uh, their nieces to get married. You know those funny aunties who are jealous. And you go to them, auntie, I'm getting married. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> if you're not a Muganda, you might not understand it. <laughs> but that, hmm, <laughs> is like a, of what she would have said, but rather not say. And some of them, to be more wicked, they even add on, <laughs> we shall see. We are watching. Oh, and you will see, and you will see, you will see. The Bible says the wicked one does not prosper. You will see. You'll be with your nooks. You'll walk on the island. There's is nothing in the world you will do. You will see. Hmm. Okay. Okay. What is wrong with you? What is in your heart as a believer? Where is God in you? Where is love in you? Are you following what I'm saying? Is somebody following what I'm saying? Wickedness is a spirit and it is at work in the sons of men. Don't worry, I'll expose to you how it works. Some of you Somebody's your friend because you don't have a car. Get a car. She'll slay you. Get a husband. With a th husband. You'll see. I am a pastor. I've even dealt with families of brothers who are envious of other brothers in the same family. Sisters who are envious of fellow sisters in the same family. Cousins, who are envious of other cousins in the same family. This is a Christendom. This is for Some of you, you're looking at each other a certain way. Now, like Hebrews said, forget not the exhortation that is for sons. He says, do not faint when thou art rebuked. For he that endureth not the chastening of the Lord is but bastard and not a son. Now I'm not speaking to you as Apostle Grace, who has a deep word. I'm talking to you as a father to my children. Now I'm not talking to you as a pastor. I'm not talking to you as a brother in the Lord. I'm not talking to you as a man of God. I'm talking to you as a father to his children. Some of you need help. Don't faint because I'm rebuking you. If you're a child in the ministry, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. I know I'm rebuked, but this is true. Examine yourself. This is fathers to sons, fathers to daughters. We cannot have wickedness in this ministry. In fact, in Romans, something is said in Romans, something very interesting. Chapter 16, verses 17. I want to show you how wicked people function. Romans sixteen, seventeen. This is Paul telling the church in Rome. He says, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And avoid them. Avoid people who are contrary to what you have learned. Avoid. Pray for them, but avoid. But we have to walk in love. You, you can you walk in love? Walk in love when doctrine says avoid. Avoid. Avoid people who are contrary to the doctrine. And listen to the next verse. The next verse says, For they are such that serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words against seduction, unfair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. How long will you be simple? There is a way to know you're simple. How? When such spirits can locate you to put in a conversation. That's how you know that you're simple. Let me give you an example. In this ministry, we taught, we taught the doctrine of Christ. What does the doctrine of Christ say? How many of you know that slander creates wounds? Do you know that you wound a brother when you gossip or slander about them? So if you're hurting somebody, aren't you wicked? Because that's the same spirit. It is there to hurt or harm people. The Bible says that uh, gossip and slander, they wound the hearts. A bearer does what? When somebody tells a gossip or slander about an individual, they are wounding you and the person they are speaking about. And this is the teaching. Yes, the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go in the innermost parts of the belly. When I speak about you, I am hurting you. And I'm also hurting the person I'm speaking to. Are you following me? That's gossip and slander. I thought about it and I want you to get it. I told you the biblical teaching of gossip and slander and how it's addressed. Simple. You have hurt me. Yes? The Bible says I come to you. I don't go to 73 people. I come to you. And then I talk to You, if I fail to convince you, I look for a second person and I bring them to you. And I tell you, judge this matter between me and this person. Because we don't want people to get third, fourth party opinions, simple men, to hear foolish things. And then they conclude by simply what they've heard. So if you are of God, get a third, second person. Bring them to this individual and say, I have tried to speak to this sister and I've failed. If she fails, the Bible says then... No, no, read it. He says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his faults between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou shalt gain thine brother. And he says, if thy will not hear thee, then take thee one or two more. That is in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Everybody established, carry two people on your own and say, come with me. This brother wronged me. Let them sit in it and judge the matter. If they fail, you can come and talk to the pastors and say, pastors, I brought this second person, this third person, Apostle Grace, Pastor Zach, any of you come and intervene into this issue. And now let us talk about it and see whether this is true or not. And if the church or the people, these pastors or any of the pastors you've brought has witnessed and they're a man of the spirit, four or five people, the testimony of two or three witnesses, it's established. Then we can know, sister, so and so, called you once, called you twice, called you with another brother, called you with two, three, four, five, called you with four, five, six. That's the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Anything contrary to that doctrine is wickedness. anything contrary to that doctrine is wickedness. Wickedness thrives most through gossip and slander. And I want you to note that. Because it looks for the simple. That's why I told people, by the time gossip finds you, you must be simple. You must be simple. You must be simple. You shouldn't sit in simplicity. Don't walk away. Don't err from your steadfastness. Avoid them that bring divisions among you. This is scripture. Have nothing to do with the wicked man. For the Bible says you shall fall with him. You see... You remember when Paul is talking in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 18? He says, let no man, Colossians 2, 18, beguile you of your reward. That means somebody can take your reward spiritually. Someone can beguile you of your reward before God. Somebody can frustrate your destiny because of cheap talk. Are you following me? Your destiny can be affected because of cheap talk. Your destiny can be affected because of joining another Christian to fight another Christian. Your destiny can be affected because you're consumed by evil words. That's why he said in Psalms, he speaks of a man who sitteth not in the seat of scorners. When men start scorning, walk away. Walk away. He says, blessed is that man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Don't sit in the seat of scornful men. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Do not hang with ungodly men. You will destroy yourself. You will err off from your steadfastness. Someone cannot be right in conviction when they are wrong in principle and doctrine. It's not there. It's not there. Follow the teaching of God. I know that you are angry, Moses, but I'm not going to deliver the children of Israel out of anger, out of your anger. I know that you have a zeal for the children of God to get them out of Israel, but I'm not going to deliver them because you are angry. And in your anger, you're slaying a man and putting him in the sand. And, you know, he hides him thinking they would not know. Listen, they always know when a man works wickedness. And, and what happens? He kills his, a man and puts him in the ground. He's following a wrong way because he's angry in his heart. Some of you, wickedness manifests in you the moment you become angry. That's why he tells you be angry and sin not. And the moment he buried a man in the sand, even though the Lord wanted to deliver Israel out of the hand of Egyptians, the man flew Away, because Pharaoh sold his life, and the Bible tells us, for 40 years the Lord never spoke to Moses. 40. because he used the wrong process to fix a zeal. God shut his voice for 40 years, He never spoke to that man. He had to serve uh, animals and, and sheep for long until the burning bush comes through. And the old devil stayed in his heart. The old spirit stayed. Towards the end of his life, he's almost crossing into the promised land. And again, the same spirit comes up, slams the rock three times. And God tells him, you shall see, but you shall not inherit. His natural face was not abated. His eyes were not dim, but the Lord could not let him go in. Because he used an ungodly process to fulfill a divine conviction. You understand what I'm saying? And it cost him a promise. His destiny was stopped. Cursed be Simeon and and who? Levi. For out of anger they slew a man. Cursed, go cast their anger. He said, cursed be their anger. Any man who has that thing, he has put himself under certain curse on your life. Certain things will not work. Some of you, the reason why you're stuck is because you sat in the seat of ungodly men. You sat in the seat of the scornful. You sat in the seat of gossipers and slanderers and you teach this and somebody hears you and tomorrow again they gossip. I told you those four questions. If somebody brings some to you, ask them first question, why are you telling this to me? Because that's a very sobering question. Why are you telling this to me? Have you ever asked somebody, why are they, why are they telling you, they, this to you? Are they telling it to you because you are... The spiritual father of that person? Are they telling you because you're the wife, you're the husband, you're the brother, you're the sister? Why are they telling it to you? Number two, you're telling me this. How is that going to make me love that person and God more? You understand? Have you followed the process the Bible has taught? Can you present proof that you followed the process? Can I also sit among those four, five, so that we are all there to listen? If you're not, no, 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 don't tell her. Oh, wait, now you don't want me to tell her. And the fourth thing is, how long do you want me to give you to tell them since you've told me? That's the fourth issue. The moment, you you ask my people. The moment you come and tell her, you know what, eh? Pastor Gundi does this, I call you, and the pastor, and we sit and uh-huh, so repeat. <laughs> so some people fear to bring me, what? Because I don't want to be robbed of my reward. I don't want God to put a hand on me and say, uh-uh, you sat in gossip and cheap talk. Uh-uh, And the Bible says, do not let any man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. And the Bible says these men intrude in two things they have not seen. It doesn't mean that they don't have a stand-on vision. No, they have visions, but the visions they have are not from God. They're of the devil. And the Bible says, and because of that, the Bible says, they are vainly puffed up in their fleshly mind. The Bible says in the next verse, are not holding the head from each older body by joints and bands having nourishment, ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. They are vainly puffed up in their minds. Let me tell you, I have met vainly puffed up people in their minds who have a wrong stand on vision and they cannot be corrected that they saw in the spirit. And if I was this kind of simple man, I would have destroyed many people. Many, many people. I'll give an example. Recently, I was giving an example somewhere. And I gave the name there, but I'll not give the name here. One time a man comes, a man of God, a minister of the gospel. He comes and tells me, um, there's a minister who comes on your pulpit to minister. Take him off the pulpit immediately. And I asked him, why should I take off the minister off the pulpit immediately? And he said, somebody came to me And told me that this minister lives with a woman in the house. That's big, isn't it? And they've told it about my minister. Who lives with a woman in the house? I got so disturbed. But because I'm not simple, I told him, okay, let me go and pray. I went to pray. And God told me, that's nonsense. Put the minister back on the pulpit. The Lord told me, that's nonsense. Put the minister back on the pulpit. And he told me for a check, go back to that man to tell you who saved. So I went back to this man and said, you know what? To walk in the spirit of truth, let us look for the man who saved such that we get the man who saved, the minister they're talking about, and then we can sort it with you. Uh, you know, I, I will not tell you who, but you just know. Watch out for people. <laughs> and I'm talking to women. Watch out for women and men and people. Who come to you and they want to tell you something, but they're not willing to disclose who told them. That is wickedness. That is the beginning of gossip and slander in the ministry. Mention who told you. If you're not mentioning who told you, I'm going to report you. I don't even stop. I run to the person and say, So and so told me so that they know who you are. I'm going to tell you something, but I promised the person that I would not speak. You are wicked. Because you're contrary to the doctrine. The doctrine says prove all things true to all men. You have to walk in that light. Prove all things true to all men. Are you following what I'm saying? So I prayed about it. No, the Lord told tell me, no. Keep this minister on your altar. Ignore. Now, the guy said, no, oh, Apostle Grace promotes sin. He's tolerating a man who is living with a woman. I kept quiet. And I loved my minister. And we were happy all through. And then just one of those days, the conversation comes through, and the minister comes and tells me, Oh, by the way, Papa, I didn't submit to you. I live with my sister. <laughs> and when I confirmed, I realized the sister also lives with a brother. So, a stupid fellow saw a sister, the sister of the man, coming out of the house, and he concluded, oh, oh. <laughs> What's wrong with Christians? And then you know what? This funny man of God who told me He went sowing seeds Telling everyone about my minister He went everywhere Spreading rumors about my minister Oh, Apostle Grace has a man on the pulpit Who is living with a woman He went telling everyone Until everyone started also telling everyone Is it true, Apostle? How can you see these things? And keep quiet And when I look at three, four generations of simple men I don't know how to start explaining to them so even me, I tell them, no, it is not true. This is the truth. Then they also go back telling people the truth. I tell them, no, you have already missed the cue. You're in gossip and slander. I can't address gossip and slander. So even me, I add on my opinion. What if a wicked one gets on you, and then you, you also misrepresent my words, and then my minister hears that i have spoken evil things about me. Ah. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you learning something? Am I helping somebody? Wickedness is so convincing. It's so funny that it's almost human nature, carnal human nature. eh? That men believe bad stories quicker than they do good ones. It is so human nature that the moment they say something negative about you, they will believe it immediately. But if they say something positive, ah, no we shall see. okay. Jealous anti syndrome. You understand what I'm saying? Those are not things that should become of the gospel in funeral ministries. Tell your neighbor, those are not things that should become of the gospel in funeral ministries. They are not ours. They are not for us. They are not in us. They are not with us. They shouldn't be with us. They shouldn't be with us. And I give you a second time because you see the scriptures are very clear in Proverbs 13 verses 9. Here's a warning. The light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Some of you, if you do not change the way you do your stuff, you're going to be put out. You're going to be put out. Your candle will dim. Fever will leave you favor will leave you. Your lamp will burn out. Grace, grace will reduce on your life. You're going to see things hitting you. That's why I've always realized there's a very big correlation between people who gossip a lot eh, and being stuck. I've seen, I've been around for so long, many of you are stuck because you've failed to leave wicked zone. You're the one who knows who did what. You're the one who knows whose husband is doing this. You're the one who knows whose cousin is doing this. You're the one who knows whose child is this. You're the one who knows everyone who bought this car, who bought it for her, who bought this shoe, who bought the other one, who is with who, what? You're serious? (laughs) Come to church and listen to the word of God. Sit together, he says, share in fellowship. Sing hymns and spiritual songs. Make melodies between each other. Let one with the word come. Let one with the prophecy come. Let one with the song come. Gossip slander, far. Understand what I'm saying? That stuff must be far. You do not know it all. You do not know it all, and some of you are too unstable to know. Because the seed is, let me tell you, I have served many men, and I've served wicked men too. You understand? I've served men of God, and I've served men who are wicked. I know how wickedness smells. People who are wicked attract wicked people. It's amazing. It's amazing how the devil connects them. Eh? Who, who is a witness? Put up your hand, guy. You've seen it, guy. was like, I have seen. There's a way the devil knows how to know that this one is wicked. And then somehow in all these 3,000 people, he makes a friendship between that person and the next wicked sister in the seventh row of the fourth column. I don't know how wickedness Connects itself That is why if you are around a wicked man And you're not Somehow the friendship dies Somehow They can begin as friends But over the time you start to realize Something just refuses to connect Before you know it you realize there was a seed in them That could harm a man Love does not harm Love Does not fail Love ...behaves itself not unseemly. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is bearing. Love believes in all things. Love hopeth all things. Love does all this stuff. This is not love that I'm seeing in some Christians. It is another spirit... It's another spirit and the quicker we address it the better because we're going to be so big that we don't want to address such nonsense anymore. And let me show you f- something funny about wickedness. Someone has had me right now and a wicked spirit sits on them and they go out of this room and misquote me. They've had me now. They're going to go huh? and then go out of this room and misquote me. And also meet a wicked person and misquote me before a wicked one. It's like that. It never stops breeding. It's like bacteria. You understand what I'm saying? But there's good news: The wicked never prospers against the righteous. They never. It doesn't matter what they do or say you'll still win, because you know who's you one, who is in you. Praise the Lord somebody. That's why the Bible says, do not be afraid of the threat of the wicked, the terror of the wicked. The Bible says you'll see their reward. That means God will deal with them. It Listen, sentence on an evil work, the Bible says, is slow. And for such men continue to be wicked. Do you know that God can, send, can judge a man, eh? and then that man continues to prosper? Do you know that? I've seen it. Right? He says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Some people continue to do stuff because sentence on an evil work is very slow. Vainly puffed up in their minds. I've met men who are vainly. Do you know how vainly puffed up people are? That you cannot correct people? Praise God. And we cannot continue tolerating such stuff in the ministry. It has to stop. Praise God. Why? Because we are a bunch of very sensitive and responsible ministers and Christians of the gospel. We have to set a certain course in the church. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, if I've come with a road and I've offended you, do not be sad because I've rebuked you. See love in this. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from cheap talk, gossip, slander, hating, uh, harming others. Cheap talks that, stay away from that nonsense. It will make you err from your steadfastness and destroy you without even knowing. You'll fall like they are sad. And some of you before you know that you're defiled. Because gossip and slander defiles. Innocent souls who don't even know what exactly happened. But because it's a seducing spirit, it destroys. Absalom wakes up one day and sets himself a course against his own father. Absalom. And the Bible says, and he won the hearts of Israel. By wickedness, he won the hearts of Israel. And one day we wake up and the man of God, David, Zadok the priest, and who else? And They carry the covenant box and run out of Israel. And the man becomes king. Over stupid and foolish words. How could he win the whole heart of Israel? It's easy to win some of you over by cheap talk and gossip. It's easy to convince some of you. I worry for you. Don't be simple. Tell your neighbor, don't be simple. Stay away from simple talk. Mark them and avoid them. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Ministries can be attacked anyway, but they should not be attacked from within. Let them attack us outside, but let them not attack us within. You understand what I'm saying? And don't worry, regardless of what comes, we will stand. We know who called us. I know who called me. I know who I am and I know who you are. Praise God. We will stand. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Finero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 466 or email us at fenerocampala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash fenero. Fenero Make Manifest.